Good morning, everyone. With Hashem's help, we're starting a new track date. Track date, as Phil says, Kol Nidre. <laughs> we're track date in the Dorim about oaths. What's the connection to tra- the distracted and the Dharam oaths? What does it have to do with the women, with the relationships? Because the whole parsha in the Torah that deals with oaths is all about the women. A father can cancel his daughter, a husband, his wife. And we learned, we had a whole chapter 7 in the previous chapter in Subas talking about a maidir sister. A husband makes an oath. And um, so, so, so therefore, once you establish that there's a woman and there's a wife and there's a marriage, then we can talk about oaths. Now an oath is something very special, very unique, because Hashem gives a Jew a power. Not only a, a, a not even a minor Jew, if you're 12 years old for a boy or 11 years old for a girl, Hashem gave you the power that you make an oath and you prohibit something something that's kosher, it's permitted, and you have the power to sanctify it, that it becomes prohibited. So you have different oaths. You have oaths that are associated with the, with the sacrifices. Sacrifice is an oath. You take an animal, a regular animal, you make an oath, you're dedicating it as a sacrifice to Hashem, and it becomes sacred. The animal becomes sacred. But that's something you, that's something you can only take upon yourself your own possession, animal that you own, you can sanctify. You can't take someone else's animal and sanctify it. Our tractate is not discussing that. That belongs to the tractate of culture, sanctity. And here we're talking about how a person, individual, could take something that's allowed, that's permitted, and can sanctify it. And it doesn't have to be your own. You can take something that belongs to someone else and say, it's prohibited to me. I am not allowed to touch it. But of course, you can take something that belongs to yourself and say it's prohibited to the whole world. No no one's allowed to touch it. You cannot take something that belongs to someone else and make an oath and no one is allowed to touch it. You have no control. It's not yours. You can prohibit it on yourself. For me, it's sacred. So it's unlike a sacrifice. Sacrifice, once you sanctify the sacrifice, it becomes prohibited to everyone. Here, it's not necessarily so. I can take something that's holy, that's my object, and I say, to me it's sacred. I am not allowed to eat this apple or any apple. My apples. But it's up to you. I, or I can say, nobody in the world is allowed to eat my apples. Or you can say, I'm not allowed to eat someone else's apples. That you can only prohibit yourself. You can't prohibit anyone else. So the, the whole idea of a nether is that you're taking something, something that's, that's uh, permitted, and you're turning it into something that's prohibited, sacred. So much so we're going to learn it's treated the same like a sacrifice. If you eat from it by mistake, you have to bring a carbon, a sacrifice. It's like meila. It's like you're, you're taking something sacred. Oath is not like a shvua. Shvua is a, is a swearing and, and an oath are two different worlds. A shvua is on yourself. I commit, I promise I commit to do something. And that's why you cannot take an oath to override a mitzvah. You can't take a, you can't take a promise, a shavuah, that I'm going to swear, I'm not going to put on tefillin, right? Because you already took a shavuah. You stood at Sinai, you already took a commitment, a promise to give. But an oath is not on me. The oath is on the object. I'm saying that this object is prohibited to me. That even overrides a mitzvah because the... I am compelled to do a mitzvah. I commit myself to a mitzvah. But if the object, the object is not compelled, the object is neutral. So once I say this object is sacred, I'm not allowed to touch it, 
I can't touch it. A, 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 a promise, a, a promise. I can say, swear about something in the past, something I will do in the future. But an oath is no, no connection. An oath is an, an a concrete object. I can't say I'm going to take an oath. I'm not going to speak. It means nothing. If I say an oath, my mouth is prohibited from speaking. Okay, so if you're taking something, an object, and you sanctify it, so it has to different worlds. Different world, oath, promise, shavua, and nether are two different worlds, two different halachas. It's also different uh, words of the heart don't mean anything. You have to say it, and then there are different oaths. Also, if it was, it was never meant. It has to be your heart and your speech have to coincide. If it's clearly that wasn't your intent, like if someone says, "If you don't buy from me, I take an oath. I'll never, I'll never uh, uh, eat from you again." It's just a business. It's a way of expressing exaggeration. You never meant it. So of course, if the, the intent has to coincide and be consistent with what you say. So it has to be both, the heart as well as, as the speech. Okay, let's dive right in. So the first mission, right in the beginning. All the kinu is like a nickname of a nether. In other words, when you ex- you have to express it verbally, the nether, the oath. But if you use a, a, a nickname, a word that comes to symbolize an oath, you don't say the word "I'm taking a nether." By the way, a different a shvua has to be you have to say Hashem's name. A nether, I don't have to say Hashem's name. A, a shvua is only valid if you swear in Hashem's name. Here, you don't have to swear in Hashem's name. I just take it upon myself. I mean, this object. Not I take upon myself. This object is, is prohibited to me. And and therefore, if you, if you connect it to something, it has to be something that that becomes prohibited through your action. For example, if you say that this object is to me like a sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that becomes sacred through you. So you're saying, I'm taking something that's permitted and I'm making it into something sacred, something that's prohibited to me. But if you say that this object is prohibited to me like a piece of chazer, like non-cultural food, it's, it's meaningless. So the piece of chazer didn't become prohibited through your actions. Here, an oath is you're trying to prohibit something through your actions. So you could only, if you're relating it, it has to relate, be relatable to something that's similar. Here, you're trying to take something that's kosher and to make it prohibited. So also, if you relate it to a sacrifice, which is something that you, through your volition and your actions, you turned it into something sacred. But if you relate it to something that's not through your actions, it's not an oath. So it's not only if you verbalize the oath. Even if you, kinui, a nickname, something that comes to symbolize, a word that comes to symbolize an oath. It's also valid. Yeah. Yeah. Then he says, When you make a cheder, when you take your objects and you excommunicate it, Hashem, obviously you're saying it's, it's uh, like excommunicate, it belongs to Hashem or belongs to the Kayim. So if you say it in a clear language, even if you don't say it in a clear language, you use like a nickname. It doesn't have to be a clear language. If you take a promise and you use something that's like a nickname for a shvua, it's also... If you take upon yourself a vow to be a Nazarite, so again, even if you don't use a word that's clearly, I'm going to be a Nazar, you use something that's, that's that a word that's coming to symbolize, it means the same thing, a substitute word, it's also the same. Then he says, Someone says to his friend, I am prohibited from you. 
separate from you, distance from you. And he has to spell out, what do you mean I'm distance from you? It can mean I'm not going to speak to you. I'm not going to sit in a shul next to you. No, he has to spell it out. I'm not allowed to eat any of your food. I'm not allowed to even taste any of your food. In other words, your food, what belongs to you, becomes prohibited to me. I have a right to take someone else's property and say that for me it's prohibited. I am prohibited for me. So it can work two ways. Either I can prohibit myself from someone else, or I can prohibit someone else from something that belongs to me. Or the whole world from something that belongs to me. So he says, he spells it out. I am separate from you, or I am distant from you, and he spells out. What do you mean? I mean that your objects become prohibited to me. I'm allowed to taste your food, I'm allowed to eat your food. So, uh, so this is this is what he calls a yad. A yad. So we have the nether, explicit, I'm taking a vow. Then you have a kinoy which is like a substitute word, a word that symbolizes, means a vow, even though it's not explicit. And then you have what they call a yad, it's like a handle. You're starting, but you, you didn't finish. You're saying, I'm distant from you. Um, you know, you, you, what you meant to say is, you meant to finish the sentence. What it means is that your food and your objects are sacred to me, but you didn't spell it out. You never said it. But since you started saying it, you started saying it's what we call a handle, just like a handle. A handle is just a handle, right? But on the other hand, when you grab hold of the handle, what do you have when you grab hold of the handle? You have the whole, the whole vessel. You pull the whole vessel. That's the power of a handle. When someone schleps you by your hand, it's a mitzvah compared to an organ. So you're schlepping Hashem, so to speak, by his hand. You're putting on Philip. But when you pull someone by the hand, you have the whole person. You're schlepping the whole person. When you have a handle, I'm, ha- I, I'm schlepping the whole vessel. So a handle of a nether, even though I didn't spell it out, I didn't finish the sentence, what my intent is, but you started saying it, and we know exactly where you're going, where you're leading, what you're trying to say. It's as if you said the whole thing, and therefore it's effective, and the other person's food becomes prohibited to you. It's like a nether. What I if I enjoy from if I enjoy anything from you, it's like a, it's like a nether, like a nether that's prohibited. So he didn't say it's a nether. He said it's like a nether, but that's what his intent is. So therefore, that's a called a yad. If he says that if I eat from you, it's as if I'm excommunicated from you. That as if you're excommunicated and I'm not allowed to eat from you. So Yosem means to say that your food becomes prohibited to me, like a like a Kiva wasn't sure about this. He was moving his lips, so he didn't want to say clearly. He didn't want to say clearly. Since he's moving his lips, moving his lips, he means to say is lahachmer. He meant, out of doubt, we have to be strict. That it is a nether, and he's prohibited from eating or tasting his friend's food. Rabbis, in other words, in the case where he says, the argument in the Rabbi Kiva and the rabbis is, if he says, which is excommunication, there's no connection to a nether. So the rabbis say in this case, it's not even a handle. It's not finishing a sentence for him, it's not, it's not where he's going. It's not a handle to, to a nether. 
I mean to a nether. And Rabbi Kiva wasn't sure. He said, let's be strict. So yeah, it's prohibited like a nether, but of course if he goes in and violates him, he can't give him lashes. So whenever in doubt, he can't give a person lashes unless he's 100% certain. Rabbi Kiva who says you have to be strict, he's just because he's not sure. Not because it's for certain that it's a handle. Okay, that's the mission. If it's not a handle at all, it's not going there. It's excommunication. It's not, it's not a nether. Yeah, language is very important, precise. The on side two. Kol It says now Mishnah that all the like nicknames for another is the same like another. So he says Mishnah Gabi knows it like Tanilulukule by Nazir, an attractive Nazir. He also starts out. He says whether you say explicitly I'm going to be a Nazirite or you say a nickname for a Nazirite. You have the laws of a Nazarite. Over there, he doesn't list all of these other things. He doesn't say in that tractate, and the same is true, all the nicknames of a oath, and all the nicknames of excommunication, and all the nicknames of a shvur. Why in our tractate does he list all four? And over there, he doesn't, doesn't go into this whole list. Because nether and shvur... The Torah says, The Torah says and lists them both together. So therefore, since he's mentioning that, that he also mentions Shavuah. He's already, he's already listing two. He already lists the fullest, all four. Okay, if that's the case, if that's the whole reason why he's listing all four here, so if that list needs he should have said neder and then immediately shvua. Instead, what does he say? He says neder, then he lists the charamim, then he lists chedim, then he then he lists shvua. He should have said neder and immediately shvua because that's the whole reason he's listing all the, all these items. Because in the pasuk neder and shvua go together. But it says, I since you start with Nidadrim, the Mitzcheptola. Remember, we said the difference between a nether and a shvur. A nether means that the object becomes prohibited. It's not a personal commitment. I am. The object is prohibited. Also, my property becomes chedim. It's like excommunicated to me. I can't use it. It's either all to Hashem or belongs to the Koyan, but not to me. I'm not allowed to benefit from it. Shavu is different. Shavu is the person. It's a personal commitment. I'm not prohibiting the object. I'm prohibiting myself. I'm making myself a commitment to myself. Okay. Now the Gemara says, The Mishnah starts with Kinui. And he starts out with a nether. Then he starts out with a Kinui. A nickname for, for an oath. And then he goes and talks about handles. It's three different things. What if if he starts out with kinoi? You should give us examples of kinoi that we're going to learn later on in the chapter. Later on in our chapter, we have a whole mission that's going to explain what are the words that are substitutes for a nether, symbolic for a nether. So he starts out all. The substitutes are the same as the word itself. I should have given right here a list of all the substitutes. Instead, he jumps right in 
which is a yad, which is a handle. Vesu, another question. By the way, there's a whole discussion. The consensus is the Rashi and our tractate is not Rashi. Not Rashi. And some want to say until page 22 is Rashi, and then a few pages of Rabbeinu Gershom. But the consensus is it's almost universal that the Rashi, it's not Rashi, it's not Rashi style. It's not the Rashi, our Rashi. We don't, Rashi wrote a commentary on it, but we don't have it. Some of the them saw it, but we, we, we don't have it. Uh, the main commentary on the Ra, on, on, is not Taisa, it's the Ran. That's what you see on the side of the Gemara, the Ran. It's very clear, and he's like the main commentary on Tractate Nadarim. So, and then the Gemara asks, Yodis, Inchi Yadis didn't even mention Yadis. He starts explaining Yadis. He didn't even say the word Yadis. He didn't even say the word about handles. He's, all he mentioned was the Mishnah starts out that a nickname for an oath is the same as saying explicitly, making the oath explicit. And then he starts explaining what is a handle. He never even mentioned there is a handle, that a handle is okay. So he forgot all about the others and then he's explaining the others. What's going on? The mother answers, really is talking about. He is, he did, he is mentioning the others. The mission is missing words. What is it? They have to learn. Oh, can you in a dodim? Can a dodim? The others in a dodim? Can a dodim? That all the nicknames of another another, and all the handles of another is also good. If he starts saying a sentence, he doesn't finish it, but we know where it's going. It's as if you carry with a handle, you're carrying the whole path, and it brings along everything. So it's as if he said explicitly spelled out the whole net. Then he goes and explains what is. An example of a handle. So he might ask, "Belifresh nidoyim kinuim bereish." Okay, well, let him first. So lifresh kinuim bereish. First, he should explain, give us examples. Of what's a what's a nickname? And that on that we're only going to learn later on in the in the chapter. A different Mishnah. The other. Why does he first explain what is a handle? He's saying you're you're editing the Mishnah, like as if the Mishnah said also that a handle is like a handle. Then he goes ahead and explains handles before he explains a nickname. But answers, no, he starts out with what he'd finished. He mentioned handles last, so the first thing he explains is what is a handle. Kid it not like we learn. Contracted Shabbos by Memadlikin Memadlikin, the second chapter in Shabbos. Which wicks, which 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 uh, oils, which wicks and oils he allowed to use as a Shabbos candle, and which which wicks he not allowed to use. And then he starts out in Madlikin. He starts out with discussing the wicks he not allowed to use. So you see that that's the normal order of things. You mention first the things you are allowed to. The last thing you mention, that's the first thing you, you clarify. Another example he brings. Also in tractate Shabbos. Which things you're allowed to cover, like to sustain the heat, to keep the heat, retain the heat in the food, insulate. So which things you're allowed to insulate with, and which things you're not allowed to insulate the food with. Before Shabbos, you, you, you insulate it to keep it warm in Shabbos. And then he, he, what's the first thing he explains? 
the things you're not allowed to insulate with, because that's what he finished. Another example, also in Shabbos, which jewelry she's allowed to go wear in public, and it's not considered carrying, and which jewelry she's not allowed to go out in public. And then she starts out, and then the Mishnah starts out with things she's not allowed to go out with. Again, because that's the last thing you mentioned, that's the, to keep it fresh, that's the, last, that's the first thing you clarify, you explain. So he brought three examples, so here too, since the last thing he said was handles, that's the first thing that he discusses. Is that true? We don't find anywhere that he doesn't start with the first first. You mention number one, you mention number two, and you start with the first things first. The first thing you mention, that's the first thing you explain. But none, because we learn, we learn in Baba Vasa, Yesh Noichalin, Manchilin. There are those who inherit and also they, they bequeath. A child, a child inherits his parent, but if the child dies, the father inherits the son. It works both ways. And then you have, you have those who inherit, but don't bequeath. A mother, a mother, son and a mother. The mother dies, the son inherits from the mother, but if the son dies, the mother he doesn't bequeath the mother, bequeaths the father. So it works one ways. And then he starts. And he starts with the first thing he listed. These are the ones who works both ways. The two-way street. They inherit and they bequeath. So he's, he lists the first thing. And he goes back to the first thing. To explain the first thing. Another example. In Yevamis. Remember? We just learned. Those who are permitted to their husbands. But are prohibited to their, their brother-in-law. For example, a widow is married to a Kayin. A Kayin is allowed to marry a widow. But then he dies and his brother is the high priest. The high priest is not allowed to marry a widow. So. That's right. And then you have A Kayin, a high priest, is married to a widow, which is prohibited. But when he dies, the brother, the surviving brother, is a regular Kayin, is permitted, is allowed to marry her. And then he starts the He starts explaining the first on the list, the first thing on the list. Those who are permitted to their husbands and are prohibited to their brother-in-law. Another, a third example. He brought three examples the other way. He's bringing three examples the other way. Yes, Shem there are those who you have to bring, when you bring a sacrifice, you also have to bring oil and the spice with it. You have shemen, then you have those sacrifices where you only bring oil with it, but not a levaina. Very interesting. This is actually today's Rambam. He's, he's going to bring more examples for this instant where he first clarifies the first thing on the list. And the, then the previous three examples where he, he says the second thing first, explains the last thing first. So but here he says there's, there's different types of menachas. There is like a minchas soilus, machvas, marcheshes. You volunteer to bring a flower sacrifice. And you have all different types. So there you have to have both oil and levoina and spice. Then you have those you only bring oil the, the accompanying sacrifice, the accompanying meal offering. Every sacrifice was accompanied by a meal offering. The accompanying meal offering is only oil. You don't need levoina, you don't need the spice. And what's the first thing he explains? The first thing on the list. 
These are the meal offerings which you have to bring both the oil and the levain. So again, he starts with the first thing on the list. And then a fourth example, also over there, Menachos. Yes, Tunis Agosha, Tunis Tanufa. There are those meal offerings which you have to has to touch the altar. You touch it on the on the southwestern corner of the altar. But you don't have to lift it up. And then you have those meal offerings, where you lift it up, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to touch. The Kayan would put his hands under the hands of the owner, the, the owner, the one who's bringing the sacrifice, and they would, they would lift it up together. And then you have those, so he said, and then he explains, the first thing he explains, which are those we have to touch the altar, but you don't lift it. That's the mincha of the chayte, the sinner. If a sinner brings, there are certain sacrifices where the Torah gives you options. If you can afford to, you have to bring a sacrifice. If you can't afford, you have to bring a bird called carbon elevated. And if you can't afford that, then your sin offering is just of, of, of a, a meal offering. So that meal offering, you don't have to lift it. It's a sin offering, basically. You don't have to lift it, but it has to touch the altar. So what does he explain first? The first thing on the list. And then he brings a fifth example. Tracted Bukhidis says in the mission, yes, Bukhila Nachla and Bukhila Kaya. There is a child who's considered a Bukhid, a firstborn, and he inherits double double portion. But he's not considered in Bukhila Kaya, and he's not considered a Bukhid for a Kayan that he doesn't need a Pidina Ben. The father doesn't have to opinion a Ben. Then there's a Bechar Lekoyen, then Bechar Lemachla, then there's a son who needs a Pinyin Aben, but he's not considered a Bechar, he doesn't get a double portion. And then there are those who are neither, not a Bechar, not for Nachla, not for Nachla, not for a Koyen. And again, what does the Mishnah there explain first? The first thing on the list. So he brought five examples where the exact opposite. First, he explains the first thing he listed. So to an hour Mishnah, he should have first explained the first thing, the kinoi, the, 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 the nickname or the substitute for, 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 for a nether, before he explains what the handle is. And then you also have to explain why in those three cases, the other three cases that he brought, there he also explains the last thing he listed. So your mother answers one answer that explains everything. Because there he lists more than two items. All of those cases he lists a few things. One, two, three, four, four different items. So therefore, if he's going to start explaining, you know, you lose track already. So he has to go back to the beginning. First explain the first thing. But in all these four, our mission, and the other three cases that he brought, he's only listing two things. There is a handle, there is a, uh, a nickname for a nether, and there's a handle. So two things I could remember, I'm not going to lose track. So therefore, it makes sense to start with the last thing that you just mentioned. Over there, he's listing four different items. Over there, of course, it makes sense to go back to the first thing and first explain the first thing. We'll learn the Gemara that rejects this answer, and to be continued, it's a good beginning. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful day.